Well, hello there, race fans of the internet. Ryan here from the Talking Dirt Podcast, and I want to first welcome you all to Talking Dirt episode number 14. Now, before we get into this episode, I want to make clear that I'm having to re-record just a little bit. That's why it is so late. Uh, there are portions of the podcast where I'm having terrible audio glitches, and I have finally, after searching for hours and hours, figured out what the issue was, so now we should be sounding a little bit better Now, before we get into today's episode, I want to let you guys know what you're going to be hearing. The first part of this episode is an interview with the voice of the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models and the American Racer Modifieds, Mr. Hunter Weaver. Now, Hunter's a great friend of mine, and it was a tremendous, tremendous interview. So if you can just bear through my terrible audio output, um, you will really, really enjoy the words by Mr. Hunter Weaver. And then the second part is an overview of our weekend from Sumter. That's with myself and Matt Pridgen. Matt was racing, and of course, I was on the call for the races. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for clicking in. And without further ado, here is the voice of the Blue Ridge Outlaw Late Models, Mr. Hunter Weaver. It's going pretty good. Uh, You know, it's been pretty good weather up here for this week for the most part, but uh, I'm up here in Shelby, North Carolina. But, uh, you know, it's going pretty good right now. And uh, uh, it's almost the end of the week. It's payday, so I can't complain. Hey, loud and clear there. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. It has been pissing rain all week long. Um, the brakes on my truck went out on Monday. Matt had some truck problems as well. So as long as as you're doing a little bit better than us, then you ought to be happy with that. But uh, uh a lot of I guess some of my my viewers or listeners may not exactly know who you are. Uh, so go ahead, give a little rundown of yourself and and your kind of career in the racing industry up to now. Well, you're going to have to get a lot of pen and paper out, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, I've been involved in racing pretty much all my life with, well, even before that with my, and it's kind of funny how it works. It's like my biological grandfather, him and my grandma, they, um, split up way before I was born or anything. And, uh, and, uh, he didn't really get to come into my life to later on of a few things and uh it just kind of worked out but my the one i call my papa he's actually my step-grandfather but he um he started racing in the mid-60s up at paris and uh well it was tri-city speedway then but uh um he ran there i mean over a course of probably 30 years or so and he quit probably about two years before i was born my dad started racing I think he started racing mod four cars and stuff like that in the late eighties. He ran open modifieds a little bit, uh, four cylinder cars, uh, street stock type stuff, crate Lake models. Uh, he quit to around 2005 or six mm-hmm. and he didn't really ever race again, but maybe at one time he, he might've ran a race or two, but, uh, it's just something that it's just been involved in my family for of course you know 60 50 or 60 years and i mean it's all i've ever done but uh i mean and i raced a little bit but really uh i think I mean, and even my mom says this to this day that that announcing was my true calling because yeah. of the memory that i have and just things like that of playing playing with scale cars on the bottom of the floor and there was one occasion one time years ago that i got in trouble for i got in trouble for uh coloring the coffee table red 
and I was putting cars on and was acting like I was racing and calling races when I was like four years old. And I got in trouble for that, for, for damaging the coffee table with a crayon. That just blew my mind. I thought that I was the only person in the world that did that when they were little. I used to take the, the little Matchbox uh, NASCAR cars back in like the ones they made in the early 2000s that were really good quality. And I'd be yeah. beating them against each other. Yeah. Calling, calling the action, just like Jeff Hammond and and Mike Joy and Daryl Walter at the time, and yeah, that's kind of how I found my car. So that's pretty cool that we have a similar similar I upbringing. Think there. The same thing. I got uh, some of the bigger diecast cars. What I would yep. do is I would I would scrub them up against the fireplace. It'd be it looked like they'd be getting into the wall, <laughs> getting like the Darlington <laughs> stripes and stuff. I got oh. I got this uh, gold McDonald's '94 uh, Bill Elliott car. Oh. I, it, could be worth some money i don't know completely <laughs> ruined it when i was a kid that's the that's the thing with that though you we, we all three it sounds like took these cars and beat them all to heck and now they could be worth 50 60 bucks a pop and there were diddly squats sitting there with tire marks all, all up and down the side of them i know and i'm in the, that boat and the thing about it is the ones that have the metal bottoms on them if, like if they're not plastic if they're made out of metal they're worth like an incredible amount of money today. exactly yeah I'm going to have to go through and see if I can find some that's got metal bottoms on them. <laughs> I bet I've got some somewhere. I guarantee it. Because I had a, an extensive collection. But uh, past diecasts and upbringing, was it that you... Okay, so you said you drove a little bit, mainly carts, or did you ever step uh, get into a, a full-size car? I did race cars a little bit. I, I only ran... I didn't run that long. I ran front wheel drive a little bit, but, um, probably, I don't know, about seven or eight years ago and I would drive, but I just, it's just something that, I mean, I wasn't the same driver that I, I ended up being because, you know, when I started, got, got back go-kart racing a few years ago and I raced for probably two years for a guy and, and I got to work and he, and I got to learn a lot and being able to do it myself a lot more. So now I feel more, if I ever got in a car again, that I feel like I'd be a whole lot more prepared than I was at the time. So, uh, but my, mainly I ran go karts is what I raced, but, um, it, it's, uh, it's something that I, I, I was able to get latched on to. And I had a lot of good friends and, and, uh, people like that, that I got to help and, Probably, I don't know. I think the 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 key people that really helped me uh, with go kart racing was probably and and I owe this a lot to them is uh, Cameron Young and Ryan Young, you know, and Ryan Young and he owns Indossal Art right. and helmet painting. Oh. And Cameron Cameron was racing go karts. He raced go karts for quite a few years, and then right before they quit, probably about a year before they quit, I started helping them. Cause I had a mutual friend that was helping them. And then we kind of just all come together and, uh, I would go with them and, um, help them out and stuff like that. And, uh, we ran a few races and then they, then they got out of go-kart racing and they, you know, they, and Ryan's helped me a lot with, um, and, and I owe him a lot of credit more than anybody knows really. And, um, he helped me out a lot with helping me get started and, um, and uh helping me and my dad and things like that so those connections like that were really something that helped that that was a big help to me and uh, was pretty instrumental to it 
So you said he, he owns, uh, he's the one that owns, uh, I, I don't know how to pronounce, I've always heard it as Indusil Arts. It, how do you pronounce it? Or how does he pronounce it? Indosil. Indosil. Okay. Yeah, that's, yep. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty big name. I mean, that's a big staple with, a, and a go-to for people to get their helmets painted. I know a few people that yeah. did. I, I'd like to, but I, I, I don't have that kind of money. I, I don't either, but I mean, uh, <laughs> now he, he, and now I never really did get a helmet painted from him, but I always got my helmets from him and, uh, he does some customizations to it about yeah, putting cool. like, like he, he put my breath deflector in and he kind of introduced me to all that stuff or whatever. So, okay. uh, um, and probably the, one of the most fun times I ever had there was he would let me come in and I would kind of, and he would show me what they were doing. And we had this thing about having a helmet party or whatever. We had a pretty good time that day. That's nice. That don't, that don't sound fun. Now, and, getting and, and people and people don't have any idea of. I mean, of everybody probably probably thinks that that this it's a big building or whatever. It is his shop is and no lie, it is located in a strip mall in in Rock Hill. Really? It's it's oh. it's my house is probably and I don't even have that big of a house. I just have a double wide and it's. And it, I would say my double wide is about as big or maybe bigger than his whole shop. Wow. Yeah, that's surprising right there. Yeah, he's, that, that is kind of got, dope that he's able to do that. I mean, I he's know got he's got of, a lot of business, too. Yeah, I, he's, he's got a lot of stuff some NASCAR guys and stuff. Yeah. But like, yeah. like I said, uh, you know, it's just a lot of people that have helped me get to where I am today. And, and, uh, and, no, and people really don't know this about my dad is that he, the last time that he, and it's crazy how everything started to unfold probably about 10 years ago with me and go-kart racing was that he, he got, and, and a lot of people think that, oh, he got to drive on a three-eighths mile in a car. No, he didn't. He didn't drive not one time in a car on a three-eighths mile at Gaffney. Only time he ever did anything, he rode a go-kart one day on a three-eighths mile. He raced a go-kart one day. And that was probably about the second or third time he raced and he ran pretty good. He ran like, I think he ran third and he was running super heavy and he ran third that day on a barred go-kart, barred tires, barred jacket, helmet, everything. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. And then uh, moving forward out of that, how, what was the, do you remember what the first race that you called was and, and how did you end up doing that? Well, it, it, it's kind of came full circle, uh, really probably almost five years ago. Um, I was, I kind of got involved with, with, uh, me and Blake Harris was doing a lot with Southeast race review and, uh, he would have me kind of help on his show. And when he was doing that a lot at the time and, uh, I was kind of getting involved in that. And, uh, I got to meet, uh, Dale Wilkerson, uh, he was, one of the best in the business and he runs the drop in the hammer page and they used to do a lot of, uh, they, they used to do st uh, radio station, uh, stuff like that. And, uh, me and Blake both got interviewed Daryl Waltrip one time, but, uh, um, uh, I got involved with Dale and Dale has been announcing it at, at Harris for quite a few years. Yep. and um i went up there to just hang out one he said hey he said here's a mic he said start he said here's a mic i've heard you talk go ahead and do it so he just told he just handed me a mic said go at it and 
our, the ironic thing about it is that it was actually a Blue Ridge race that night that was there. I did and, not know uh, that. It was a Blue Ridge race, and I think about it now, and it's kind of came full circle. So really, that night is when I got involved, and I met Jason. I, I met Jason that night, and um, and uh, and I got to do a couple races with that, and uh, helped do some Victory Lane interview stuff at Gaffney, and I just it kind of just snowballed from there, and probably, and this all happened in a matter of three weeks, and the next the the following week. Uh, down at, at Patriot Speedway, which is now Iron City down in Blacksburg, the go-kart track. Uh, Boy Maloney, who had, was running it at the time, uh, me and him have been friends for many years, but he called and, uh, and we kind of got in touch or whatever. He was like, you said, you want to come give us go-kart racing a shot? And uh, I said, yeah, sure. And uh, so he, he gave me a mic and we just kind of just went at it and I just been doing it and I stayed there the rest of the year and it's snowballed ever since really it's, it's been very, very fast. It's, it's well, crazy yeah. how it all happened, but, uh, it's just one of those things that I feel like it was meant to be. And obviously, uh, obviously that, uh, that came to fruition. I mean, I wanted to drive, but, uh, I guess, you know, I kind of got steered the other way. I, I I totally agree with you. I have a, a similar story that the people have heard, so I'm not going to tell it again. But uh, yeah, you were doing it for a couple couple of years, and then how did you get reconnected with Jason? Obviously, the departure of of Jack from from Blue Ridge was kind of kind of shocking to me and a lot of other people. But how did you and Jason and and Walter get hooked up to form the uh, to form the duo that you guys have now? Um, well, actually, you know, it's kind of more Walter's doing and I owe Walter, Walter tap is one of my, one of my closest friends and, uh, he, I owe Walter a lot and, mm -hmm. uh, he, uh, Jason had called him about announcing it and, uh, wanting him to kind of just be the sole announcer. And, uh, that's, excuse me, around the time, that's around the time that he got involved with the American crate all-stars and, um, it was going to be his second year and they do a lot of traveling. So he's like, so he couldn't be able to do them all. So, um, he, and I'll never forget it. He, uh, he called me and he said, he said, I got a proposition for you. And I said, what's that? And he said, you want to come do, jump on the road and do Blue Ridge with me? And I said, I said, come again. And he said, um, he said, I want you, he said, I want you to come help me do this thing. And I said, yeah and and i jumped all over the opportunity and uh that was you know and that's 2020 so the first race wasn't until like june and it was at east lincoln the first one that i done and uh we we and jason had talked a few times and things like that and kind of got to know each other whatever and uh he's and it, it didn't really and he really didn't remember um, at first about me doing that race for him at Harris. And and then when we got to talking, he said, "Oh," and and then he realized who I was. And then it's just kind of it's it just took off from there, really. And that's actually pretty interesting because, like you said, Walter, absolutely phenomenal guy. Probably right now the busiest man in racing uh, between American Crate All Stars, which he still does from time to time and he's now in with the his gym form at 602 late models which are taking off those are freaking cool and 
he's still doing some Blue Ridge races, but you've kind of taken over. You've kind of taken over the majority of them uh, up to this point, right? Yeah, and it's just you know, and it's nothing that there's nobody mad at anybody or anything like that. It's just it's just the way it's happened, and uh, it's just the way everything's unfolded. But um, it's just because that that's the only thing that I'm really committed to, and um, and I and I enjoy every minute of it, and I get to go see all these different places, meet a lot of new people, and uh, it's been it's been an awesome ride to say the least. And uh, you know, I don't see really. I don't see much any, uh, slowing down now, but, um, and I've, and I've got to be kind of full circle of coming back to do some local stuff as well and filling in yeah. a traveler's rest here and there and things like that. So, um, I'm pretty busy myself, but, uh, I don't think anybody is busier than Walter Tapp is. I mean, and he's also still flagging go-kart races. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a great dude. We're trying to get up with him about, uh, I need, I need some more of those 602 races at, at, at my home track because that series, if he continues the way he's doing, that's that's going to be a really uh, a really good six hundred two late model series. But moving on from that conversation, um, you've recently got to try your hand the, the past two years of uh, putting on a memorial race for your for your late father. What's that experience been like, and how in depth have you been in trying to promote that race and just kind of what, what was that whole process of, of getting with Scott Childress and all them at, at Gaffney and saying, Hey, I want to do uh, a memorial race for my dad here. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's also about a five, about a five year cycle. Um, well, he passed away in April 2017 with a heart attack, but, um, and I was going to speed factory indoor karting at that time. And we'd done a memorial series uh, about five years ago. And then, uh, we did a memorial race one time on a local night and, uh, it went over pretty good. And, uh, but then, then I didn't do it for about a year or two because I was still doing a lot with go-kart racing and, and things like that. But then it, about the end of the year, 2020 or so, I was like, I, I need to, I need to do something actually kind of make it to where it's more of a yearly staple. And, uh, and I just, and, uh, and Scott and Tony at the time had, had, had wanted another Blue Ridge race back on the card. And we were able to kind of, uh, mend the fences and, and, uh, put things back together. And, and Scott and Tony have known my dad. They, they knew my dad for years and Scott raced against my dad. And, you know, oh. Tony did a little bit too. They both did at, at some point or another. And, um, they were all, they were all on board with it. And, uh, the first year we done it, um, the, with Blue Ridge was crazy. We had, I think we had 20, 29, 30 cars there at that race. And, uh, it was pretty good, but this year was really the first year that I was able to kind of, I I put a little, I put the preparation in the first time around with Blue Ridge, but this, this really, this time around is really where I've uh, made sure all the, all the dots were eyed and all the T's were crossed because of the impact that I wanted to make to show that the people that didn't get to know him, that just know me, but didn't get to know him of how much he truly meant to me. So, um, it's just one of those things that, um, I was able to, I had some ideas and, and things like that that I wanted to try. And it, uh, it really, it really took off, but, uh, it was it was an honor to have 
you know, we had great, great people there. That place was extremely packed. Yep. But, um, you know, it's just, it's something that, uh, I, I mark on my calendar and I'm, and I look at it as probably my most important race of the year. And, uh, it is something that I, I try to, I want to make it to where it's a yearly staple, um, and, um, you know, to, to kind of, to give back, so to speak, and to keep his memory alive. And because if you don't, if you don't do that, you know, people will, people forget and, and it's, it's not hard to do. And, uh, and people that didn't get to see him race and to show the impact that he made on people that don't normally that you wouldn't think would know him or think would know him that well. And, and really what's crazy is, is that the, uh, over time, uh, people have come up to me and they'll tell me stories about stuff that, that my dad did for them or, or, or told them or just, just had different stories. And I had no clue. I had no clue, uh, of, um, the things that he had done. And I didn't know a lot of that until after he passed. Cause, uh, he was a very humble person. He didn't, he didn't want glory. He didn't want all this. He didn't want all that. And he wasn't about the spotlight. He just wanted to help people. So that's kind of my way to give back of being humble and, and, uh, doing and showing that, uh, the, the kind of person he was. I will say that, uh, you guys absolutely did a phenomenal job at that. I remember what was the car count? What did the car count end up being for that race? Was it 20 or a couple more that showed up? I believe, I believe we had 20 cars. Uh, we had 20. And, uh, and I mean, still, it was a great race. You had uh, Nance throwing shots with with uh, with Scott, and, and people were battling like crazy all over the track. I mean, that that was one of, in my opinion, the better races that you guys have had um, this season. And speaking of this season, let's talk a little bit about that because it was. An, I don't I don't know how in depth with like series rules and stuff that you had per se, but. Do you remember kind of the conversation that was going on when you guys decided to switch the tire rule ahead of this year? And was there any backlash from that? Well, you know, it's no doubt that, you know, last year that a lot of guys were spending a lot of money. Um, and, and I'll kind of name Chuck Smith with him paying for four cars himself, Mark Dysart, Jay Sessoms, Greg Clark all year last year. And all the tire bill and everything. And they would be buying tires, you know, if not every week, every other week. And, you know, and we, especially if we went to places that, that were drier and burn up tires, that would eat into that cost. And the problem came about toward the end of the year is that, uh, the company was not going to be able to put the tires out like they had been. And the option came about with the pro two and the pro three tires and, uh, the lightning lake model classes like at Carolina, Lancaster, a few other places, they run that compound and they're able to run on them for a long, long time. And, um, and things like that. And they're able to, you know, to, and they're a whole lot cheaper than they, than the air and they're a whole lot, a little bit cheaper and they stay on under, under, under the cars a lot more longer. But, um, it was just kind of a conversation to where we need to do something to, to, to give incentive to people to run. And you only got one compound. So you don't have to worry about buying different compounds. You have, if you're having to buy a 12 or a 48 or whatever the, whatever the, the your engine package is, but it kind of, it's cut out. Let's see if there he is. 
and uh, you're able to put more it's it puts more people kind of on an equal playing field is kind of more the reason we done it and um there was a lot there was there was some backlash but there also was a lot of good responses uh-huh. and and there was a few people uh that were running with us full-time that were going to full-time that said hey we're going to be with we're going to be with you guys either way whichever the tire rule goes and it started off a little bit slow but probably about I don't know, probably about the last time that we went to Sumter's where things really started to pick up again. And a lot of people wanted to try it and they're like, well, I like this. And it, this just kind of spread like fire and the car counts have really started to boost up here lately. Yeah. I'll tell you, I like the pro too. Um, I was, I was a little bit iffy, uh, when I found out, but I mean, I, I absolutely love the tire, man. I've, I've got, I think I was, um, I had like 20 laps on it on a brand new set at Lakeview. Um, the left rear looked perfect, brand new still after, you know, 20, 25 laps. I ran it at Sumter this past Saturday night, um, 20 lap race. And it, I can still see some of the, the little lines in the, um, the, the squares from the factory. And to give you some perspective, I had a Hoosier 1350 on my right rear that had the same amount of laps at Lakeview as the pro two that tire is eat up it is no good left rear still looks almost new so i mean pro twos pro twos you know not a bad tire it's pretty good and cheap so much cheaper than a lot of other options well but, i'll I mean, give i did good with that well i'll give you a little bit of a perspective is that uh, our visit with uh matthew nance was leading and and cut down a right front tire with five to go and it didn't even have anything to do with the the wear on or anything. He just ran over a piece of debris. But um, that tire had, and this was a right front now, and he had nine races on that tire before it went down. Wow. Nine races. That's insane. Speaking of with, and even Beckley, those two tracks seem to be, they cut tires down in weird places in races. And I think you've been up there a few times. Is is there an issue with like rocks that are still on the racetrack at those tracks? Well, with there is no rocks on that place, um, and that is the smoothest racetrack I've ever been on in my life. I got in a pack car with Perry Brown. Me and Jason got in a pack car with Perry Brown up there, and that is smoother than most paved roads that I go on. Um, and that place is top notch. It is one, you'd never see a hole in it. I've never seen a hole, not one time that I've been up there. And, um, so really the night that the tires got cut, it was, it was a, there was a piece of a starter that was laying at the top of the racetrack and it was so far up, you couldn't see it. And, uh, it was finally picked up, but it was a piece that came off a starter is what it was. So. But Beckley, on the other hand, um, there's a lot of rocks in that place. So uh, I've always heard that, that 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 place will cut tires down, not even wear debris or anything. It's just the rocks that's in the racetrack. I believe we saw it uh, recently with that, uh, the Southern Nationals tour that's going on right now. They, they had a lot of tires get cut from, from leaders in that race. So, I, yeah, I've always just heard about that place. And, and people say that it's kind of it's – it's a weird configuration – built down inside of a mountain, which, which has those rocks down in there. But uh, moving past that, and you already answered my next question, I was going to ask you about uh, if there were any nerves on your part, on your part or the series part, 
when the first couple of races, you know, the car count was was way down compared to what you guys had pulled last year. But now you got, but you guys have to be on cloud nine with the turnout that you've been getting. Uh, like you said, started at Sumter. I believe we ended up with what twenty three cars, something like that, low twenties, and then you just continuously have been picking up cars since then. Right, and uh, you know, you were talking about that the the race at Gaffney was good, but I'm telling you, if you'd have been at Harris the night before, that was the best race I've seen all year anywhere. Um, we had 24 cars that night, and Steve Banal, Robbie Emery, Matthew Nance, Scott Shirey, a few of them. They those guys, you talking about waging war? Holy smokes! Uh, if you can go go to uh, JYJ Racing Adventures, they yep. capture all the video from up there at Harrison Travers Rest. But if you go watch that race, that is one of the best races I've seen all year. And really, you know, the way the tire was last year, we had good races, but, and, and I noticed it, especially the first time at Lakeview with that battle, uh, before the lead, when we were at Lakeview the first time. And I really seen, I'm like, okay, we got a good deal now because, the way the tire is, it slows it down a little bit to where, you know, everybody's a little bit more closer together. And, and everybody's been pretty close together, but y'all have had so far this season, um, somebody that's won a majority of the races, old Matthew Nance. Do you, do you know any of the conversation of getting him to commit to a full-time run with the Blue Ridge guys? Well, he actually is on a full-time run. Um, yeah. and that was kind of more the plan. he, he decided kind of went into last year that he was going to go try for the championship. And especially if you win, if you win both series championships, that's $20,000. And, uh, even another if thing we need to tell the people, that's another thing we need to tell the people, because you guys are split it up this year. Uh, you have the shootout series and you have the regular, uh, point series, right? That is correct. And, uh, and David Linville, you know, he runs at Sumter and, uh, he's been a, a pretty good sponsor and a good supporter. And, we just kind of decided to come up with a deal to where we just had a different points deal to where we paid more money, but had less races and had a different format just to kind of change it up just a little bit. But, um, you know, it's, it's been pretty good so far and, uh, we've had a couple of different winners. Uh, we're looking forward to the rest of the year with that and, uh, running some, some bigger races toward the end of the year. But, um, you know, Matthew's been, he's been hard to beat and, uh, um, you know, there, we've had a couple of different winners. Uh, Dino Long, the first time he ever ran with us, won at Harris. Um, Timbo Mangum won Carolina. Uh, Jeff Deckers won both stops to East Lincoln. Um, and uh, Dylan Watson, you know, uh, he won Sumter the last time we were there. He's looking forward to heading back. But, um, you know, it's 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 been an incredible year so far. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, really – Matthew's won a lot of the races, but a lot of them have not been as easy uh, to come by as what you think it would be. Absolutely not, because I mean, I've, I know I've tuned in for quite a few, and you just see guys giving him a hard time, whether whether it be Dylan or or Scott Shirey, who's been absolutely phenomenal this year. Um, and you talk about your guys, your series mainstays, such as Chuck Smith, Mark Dysart, Elliot Sanders, when he's following the series, and and there's a plethora of others, those guys, in your mind, you have to feel that they are on the verge of finally finding success because you talk about, like, Mark Dysart, he's been running with you guys full-time for the last three or four years and, and still hasn't um, hasn't come up with that first series win yet. 
how close as as you've been watching guys like that over the past year or two, how close do you think some of them are finally uh, like grabbing going to the top of the mountain and getting a win because they're getting a lot better. I'm telling you, Mark. He's uh, Mark Dysart. Definitely, he is definitely knocking on the door. Um, you know, he's he's always uh, uh, he's always pretty good when we go to Sumter. He's usually right up in the top five or six about every time, and he's uh, he's he's a sleeper, no doubt. When it comes to, to to Sumter, he's he can get around there pretty good. And when and when he, especially with his engine package, it just suits him. It just suits him at Sumter really well, and. Uh, uh, it's no doubt that lower horsepower is a lot better at Sumter. It's not a secret at all. And, um, absolutely not. And, uh, he's, he's got that engine and he's going to be on the verge of it. I think he's, I think he's going to pull one off definitely. And in the last time we were at East Lincoln, I, he, he without a doubt was the fastest car on the racetrack. And, uh, he was able to pass Matthew Nance and uh go to second and he ran jeff decker down and he was all over him right there at the end it just didn't quite work out for him there but uh you know he's on the cusp of breaking into victory lane definitely um chuck smith uh, he's had a couple of podiums uh, uh it's just been a tough tough road for him he'll it'll something uh, the gremlins always seem to bite to 30 33 for some reason and uh uh, he'll get to rolling and something happens or things like that. But Chuck will actually not be at Sumter this week. Uh, he's, uh, actually on vacation. So he's actually, uh, not going to be at Sumter, but, uh, uh, you know, you definitely, he's, he's always got something up his sleeve. It's just, he's got to put it. If he can put the whole night together, I think that he can be, uh, definitely a force. And, uh, Mark can definitely be a force if, uh, if he is, if he can just put everything together, that's just the that's just been their Achilles heel, and I've talked to them a couple of times about it. They just got to be able to put a whole night together, and once they do, I think they can be able to make a triumph as well. I completely agree with you. And before we before we have to let you go here, you were just talking about y'all's trip to uh, to Sumter this weekend. Up, but up until now, what what kind of what does the points kind of look like at, at this point in the season? Because you guys are just now past the halfway point, right? Is is it still close? Is it still close in a sense that people are right there on Matthew's heels, and if he has another bad weekend, somebody might could uh, out uh, overtake him in points anytime soon. Um, at this point, Matthew's got a pretty substantial lead. Uh, he's only been on the podium maybe, maybe one time that I can think of. Maybe he's been on the podium about every time. So if you're running podium runs like that. And being consistent like that, even if you're not winning, if you're appearing second or third, I mean, it's uh, it's hard to to be able to get past that. But he's he's got a pretty substantial points lead right now. But you know, anything can happen. It always seems like it just comes down to the wire with us. Um, I don't care who's involved in the points battle or however many cars it is. It just seems like something happens to where it closes the gap up and um, yeah, it makes it a pretty interesting points battle toward the end of the year. But, um, you know, Matthew's got the lead in both series standings right now. But uh, like I said, anything can happen. Scott Shire, he's on the cusp of it as well. He's uh, um, trying to get it done and uh, he's up there in second points. Uh, Mark and Chuck, they're in the top five. Dylan Watson's on the verge of getting in there into that points battle as well. But, Second, third, and fourth is pretty close, but uh, Matthew's got a, a pretty comfortable lead right now. But you never, you can't be careful what you, you got to be careful what you wish for sometimes. 
Exactly right. And and I guess the, the first part of what could shake that up is this weekend at Sumter. What are you guys expecting? What are you personally expecting out of this weekend? Um, you know, you know, the last time that uh, we were there, you know, um, you know, Dylan Watson, he'll be definitely he's 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 ready to go back. He, uh, you know, of course, he, he he dominated the last time we were there and uh, he led pretty much flag to flag of it. And uh, he had a very fast car, especially, you know, some somewhere that he has never seen before. And most of these tracks that Dylan has been to this year, he has never seen before. So he's, he's having to overcome a lot of obstacles and he's been able to pull, he's been able to pull it off a little bit. He's been, uh, on the verge of it. Uh, the, the last tough night that he had was our last visit at East Lincoln. It did not go over the way he wanted it to. And, uh, um, he's looking to kind of get it turned around there, but, uh, he had a good run at Cherokee. He, uh, got bit late on a restart, but um, you know, he, he's always on the cusp of that. Justin Mintz, he's won with us before. He's going to be definitely be tough. And, uh, with all that track experience that he's got there, it definitely plays a, it plays a role in, uh, helping him try to get to Richard Lane. But, you know, really, if you want me to be brutally honest, is that the, the one that really nobody thinks about, but he has shown speed there in the past is Blake Sanderson. I was, was going to talk about him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Blake. Another it, one with it, gremlins. You never and you never know what Blake will pull out, especially at Sumter. You know, he's I, and always you can good recall, there. and you can recall like toward the end of last year, the one race we had at the end toward the end of last year at Sumter is that he almost went for the lead there and, and almost made it three wide and got into it with a lap car. Or I can't remember if it was a lap car or if it was somebody he was battling. I can't remember, but uh, they they had a they had a war and he got caught up in there and it took him out of the chance to win that race but you know you never definitely know what uh the dillon county outlaws got up his sleeve so really um when you think of it even though the we haven't got everybody posted out there yet we're still waiting on some more confirmations but you know uh about a lot of those guys that are showing up pretty much have a shot to win especially scott with coming off a win at sumter yep. uh and he won the he won the a weekly race down there a week or two ago so um, it, that's, that's gotta be helping him and give him a little bit of a confidence booster as well. Yeah. You've got Scott coming off of a win. You've also got obviously Justin Mintz coming off of a fresh win. And it's always interesting to see whenever Blue Ridge comes to town, if both of the Mintz brothers will show up and when they do, they're usually uh, battling with each other up towards the lead, um, if not for the lead. So that's going to be an interesting uh, dimension in the race. Also, you, you add in locals like Tony Ayers, who's always been good with Blue Ridge, but another one like Matt, and you said, bit by Gremlins just about every single time. Uh, you've got James Murphy, who's going to be in the house. Um, there, there's plenty of others that, that come to mind. But, dude, right now, this is shaping up to be another another great week in the middle of a fantastic season that you guys have had so far. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we still got a lot more to come. You know, it should be a good run this weekend. Uh, Fayetteville next weekend uh, should be a, a pretty good show up there, and uh, hopefully we get it in this time. And uh, it was – if we'd have been there the last time, if we'd have been there at the racetrack, uh, we'd have we would have got drowned uh, by the time we went for hot laps there. So um, hopefully everything works out where we can have a good race. And then we go to Lancaster one more time, and that, that'll be an awesome race uh, for the Phillip Knight race. and. Uh, we got another trip to Halifax. We go back to Traveler's Rest uh, toward the end of August. 
a few more races at East Lincoln, a couple more trips to Beckley and with, uh, hopefully we get to race Beckley. Um, you know, of course we got the Vern Gettings race at, uh, Sumter in November. Um, you know, and our visit, really the one that I'm really looking forward to is probably North Wilkesboro and Lawrence. Um, That's right. And North Wilkesboro is something that's going to be pretty cool, uh, to, to see that and to see that on dirt. So I'm pretty excited about that going up there for that race. And then we go to Lawrence, it'll be the first time we've ever ran it. And they have been, they were in the Hurley family. They have really, really wanted to have us, uh, have us there for a race. And it's really came into where we could be able to do it. So the, our Halloween race will be there for, for 3000 to win. And, uh, with them having a weekly program there, a, a limited weekly program, uh, a lot of guys w- are, are planning to run that as well. So, um, you know, there's a lot more to come, and uh, I think we've only just scratched the surface with it. And that's another thing you just mentioned. It. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, North Wilkesboro before we let you go. Were you involved at all in that process of, uh, I guess, getting in touch with Barry Braun and RaceXR and all that? Were you involved in that at all? I'll be honest with you. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't involved at all. And, uh, it was more, it was a surprise to me. And, um, so, and, and I think it's more Jason's doing, uh, he got involved. I, I'm not sure. I've never really asked him how it all came about and never really went detail by detail with him, but, um, it just came about. And then he told me about it. And I said, I said, we're going to race where <laughs> and I was surprised by it. So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, like I said, I, I wasn't involved in that at all. You guys, uh, no, I haven't seen the schedule yet. Are you guys doing, uh, which weekend are you guys? Uh, we're running, uh, October 4th through the 5th. That'll actually be during the week. Uh, it'd be on okay. Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay. Well, s- still not bad at all. I, that that's an exciting event that I, Hope to be able to attend. Um, yeah, th- I, and for ever, I never knew that there was dirt underneath Wilkesboro still that could be raced. I'm not exactly sure if they're going to have to uh, prep it in a in any shape or fashion, but that sounds like it's going to be a very very fun event. And I'm really glad that you guys uh, got involved in that. But uh, Hunter, I guess before we let you go, get ready to head off to work. Uh, where can our listeners find you and, and support you? What are your social media handles and all that? I mean, I'm just on Facebook. I um, mean, anybody can find me, uh, right on Facebook for, um, you know, it, it's pretty simple, but, uh, I used to have a Twitter, but, uh, <laughs> I don't even get involved in that no more, but, um, I do have Instagram. I'm on there a little bit, but, uh, not much, but uh snapchat and i might have to create a private story so uh yeah pretty good times on snapchat so uh you ought to go uh you gotta go find my snapchat so one one thing i want to know um is first off do y'all remember the first what year the blue ridge came to something for the first time 2016, um, 2017. I think it was. I think it was 16 or 17. I can't I, quite remember. I want to say. I want to say 17 because I don't. No, no, no. I want to say actually. I want to say 18 because I didn't. I raced in 16. I don't remember y'all coming, and then I didn't race in 17 and don't remember anything about it. But I know I raced there in uh, 2018. I remember that being my first time racing there. I, I want to say that was the first time Blue Ridge came. 
But I believe it was 2018. <clears throat> I believe it was. Yeah, I think so. And then y'all y'all put uh, Lakeview on the schedule in 2019. Um, I, I think I, I want to say that, but um, so obviously it it was it was established in 2015, correct? It was, and uh, it was kind of something. It was actually kind of getting going with Jason because Jason. He's actually from Elkin, so uh, right. up in Friendship, and he used to promote Friendship at one time, and uh, it's kind of something that he he started up, and uh, um, then he got involved at uh, Antioch or Horsepower Park. Well, it's Horsepower Park now, but it was still Antioch at the time, and uh, he kind of started getting going up there, and then they ended up kind of branching out and going to Friendship, and then they went to Harris, Gaffney, and then it's just exploded from there, really. Yeah, it sure has. Um. One thing I want to know, where did he get the idea for running No Roof and the big side spoiler? You know, you I've know? I've never really asked him the true idea of it, but I do know this is that he you know, he remembered the the big wing lake model like if you if you've been to that race at that at Lakeview, that Larry Long race, when they run those big side full, uh, side windows and all that stuff, when uh, they put them on Johnny's car and Sean Harrell and all those guys' cars, and he kind of, you know, in in those old kind of lake malls like that, he was wanting to try to find something with that, but not to that extreme. So right. basically, I think that's kind of more or less where it came from. But you know, it's it's. You know, it's what's funny now is that if I go to a race and watch watch cars that have regular tops on them and everything, I look at it weird, right? Because and, I look at it weird now because I'm so used to seeing them run without a roof on. I'm like, well, what are we doing with roofs on? <laughs> and and that is one that thing. That is one thing about Blue Ridge. I mean, you got you got series out here. You got different limiteds, different crates, all this that, and they all look the same. But when you when you uh, get Blue Ridge to town, you you know it's Blue Ridge when you when you see no roof in the side spoiler. You, that's just something you 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 don't see anywhere else. I mean, it's you know pretty unique. It is, and you know that's one thing that I've come to love about it is that it is different. I mean, I'm just not looking at a regular lake model. Um, you know, I mean, I love, you know, I mean, I love all forms, but when you, when you see that, that just, it just gives you a know, little bit Blue Ridge. Yeah. It just, says, show hey, it's here it, is. it just says, Hey, here <laughs> it is. It's and, and, you know, and, and guys have started to run just to cutting a little, uh, halo top around the top of it. Like Kegel actually makes one and, uh, and just kind of more for a safety reason or whatever, instead of just running with just, no, just, just the roll cage and you can put a top of them just over the halo bar. But, um, and, you know, and also, you know, it's kind of more, uh, synonymous with Blue Ridge is running American racer tires and, yeah. uh, you know, and there's no, you know, Carolina clash was on American racers for years and spud went with them and, uh, wow. they've kind of, and it kind of just went different ways and, uh, that's just something that you, if, if I see, if I see a late mall American racers on, there's only one or two places they're going to go. They're either running with us or they're running lightning late models. So, um, yeah, that is something that really, that I've come to kind of love about is just the uniqueness of it. And I, and Matt, and I'm sure you can attest to this is that, you know, the people that run are not your, I mean, I mean, they're like mall people, hardcore, but you know, it's just a whole different atmosphere. when you run, when you guys, when you come run with us, it's just more of a, 
it's a lot of guys that it's just I call it the blue collar outlaws of the South for a reason. Oh, yeah. There's guys that they they work on these things day in and day out, and they come and race and have fun and go home. I mean, I mean, they're mm-hmm. not really they're not racing for a living. They do it because they love what they do. Right, they're not going out spending their whole you know life savings and stuff out you know buying stuff at ridiculous prices to go out run everybody you know it's just guys out there working there you know 40 50 60 hours a week at work and like you said coming home and getting ready to come go have fun and to and be competitive is that not just riding Mm right back i mean be competitive Exactly. And, and Blue Ridge always, to me, has felt more, it's more than just a series to you guys. It, it's it's a big old family because you see these different drivers, they're competing against each other on the track, but they're over there giving each other tips, pointers, they're helping each other, they're conversating with each other, and you don't see that with a lot of these these bigger series uh, around around these parts. No, you don't. I mean, uh, like if you go to a super race, you'll see guys like parked up on four wheelers watching the racetrack and stuff like that. But like actually being in each other's pits is kind of something that it you don't see much. You you see people just you know they they don't really go into other, each other's pits, and they and more 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 times than not, you see other drivers in other people's pits, or especially during a drivers meeting. And if you if you've ever been to a drivers the, the drivers meeting there is that everybody's kind of more piled in everybody's talking with one another i mean it's just it's a a, a big big family so that's the way i look at it exactly and I, I couldn't agree with you more every time you guys come to uh come around my way it's 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 one of the more enjoyable experiences that i get to have it at sumter and uh, man it's been a great conversation with you i really really appreciate you coming on the show ahead of your guys guys show with us um you shouted out all your, all your socials that you have, but uh, just one more question before I let you go. In say the next five or so years of your announcing career, obviously you told me you've been doing it about five years now. Where do you see yourself going? What's the vision like for Hunter Weaver's career in racing? You know, really, I, I mean, I, I mean, I'm not really setting anything like that. I mean, I mean, I had a vision one time, probably about four or five years ago where I wanted to be. And that turned out to be totally different, but, um, you know, and it's, you know, it's more of a blessing now than I probably would have been, uh, than if I thought I was going, uh, I hoped I was going to head, but, um, you know, I still love that. Um, you know, it's just, it, it, I'm just going wherever, you know, wherever I'm taken to really, uh, just, I'm kind of more or less just enjoying the moment and just enjoying it instead of worrying about the future and trying to wanting to plan this or plan that or different things like that. I'm just kind of just taking it as it is, soaking it all up and just enjoying the moment. And, you know, wherever, wherever I'm taking to is where I'm taking to. I completely agree. So Hunter, it's been a tremendous conversation with you again, ladies and gentlemen, follow Hunter on all of his social medias. I know he. you've got an old carding page that you still use every now and then, but uh, people can find you there as well, right? What's that called? Uh, Dirt Carding 24-7 is what that's called. Um, and I haven't gotten to do it as much recently just because of um, me working uh, with what I do and then with racing and uh, with uh, Paul and Blue Ridge and being on that. It's just it's not allowed me to be at, at go-kart races as much, but I could tell you this that during the winter time, I'm probably head on uh, head on uh, head force for it. Um, 
And that's kind of, and, and I, I didn't, and I said this, you know, from the beginning when I started Blue Ridge is that I'm not, even though I'm not be busy with that, I'm not just going to desert the people that help make me what I am today. And, you know, a lot of the go-kart people have really, and the people that I've worked with have really been good to me and have been, um, awesome and, uh, kind of, uh, being a, a force and, uh, being instrumental to where the where I've gotten to today and um and I was like I, I'm not I'm not gonna leave them and I'm not going to desert them and it's just something that I try to stay with because that's where my start was that's where you know I've made a lot of my friendships is through go-kart racing I've made a lot of friends through that so um trying to still keep that alive and and uh, keep that going and keep those relationships going well, you heard it here first, guys. Uh, Hunter Weaver still a humble person, uh, <laughs> even though he's having some success in uh, in the racing world. And dude, I'm I'm one of your biggest fans. Really enjoy whenever you come up and and have conversation with me up in the booth at Sumter. And dude, I just can't wait to see where where your career heads uh, because, in my opinion, you are one of the the best in the game right now. And I, I don't mean that lightheartedly. I'm a very strong critic of not only myself, but others. And you are among the top echelon uh, in the game right now. And for that, congratulations. But it's uh, it, a little long here, so I'm going to let you go ahead and get, get to uh, go to work. But, uh, Hunter, thank you so hey. much for joining us. And uh, we definitely, definitely need to get you on the show again sometime very soon. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, you know, and I, and I appreciate it. I appreciate the words and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I try to still be humble, but, uh, you know, there's some people, the you know, uh, things like that, that don't have the same opinion, but I mean, uh, everybody has their own opinions and, uh, everybody's like, everybody's got like, it's like buttholes. Everybody's got one, but, um, and I'll just be honest with that, but, uh, you know, uh, I, I just do my own thing and uh, don't worry about what other people do. And uh, I just focus on myself really with that. And uh, I enjoy where I'm at. I, I do not blame you at all. And yeah, I 100% agree with you. But yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll let you get rolling here. Me and Matt have some uh, some weekend racing to go over. And before we do that, Hunter, before I let you go real quick, did you get into any racing this past week? I know Blue Ridge was off, but where did you end up? Uh, we had a, a, a modified race, uh, American Russian mods. We were at East Lincoln and, uh, for the mango Johnson race. And we had 20, I think we had 20, 20 modifieds and, uh, it was pretty, it was awesome. a really good show. And, uh, Bobby Jones was able to get the victory there. And we had a couple, uh, truck drivers jump in, jump in, uh, Spencer Boyd and Austin Wayne self both came and ran and Spencer led a lot of the race. And, uh, and then uh, Bobby Jones was able to pass him there, and uh, and then him and uh, then Spencer and Austin Wayne were both driving for Buck Stevens, and they tangled and got together toward the end of the race, and uh, it ended up being a really good show for the Mingo Johnson Memorial Race. So, but those modifieds really, and uh, they have been uh, awesome this year. It's probably been probably the most fun times I've had announcing is announcing those modified races. Yeah, that's one thing I, I kind of forgot to ask you about because you have been with. Those American Racer Modifieds, but uh, how about we save that one for the next conversation that we have on the Talking Dirt podcast, but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you go now, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, that was Hunter Weaver, the voice of the Blue Ridge Outlaws and the American Racer Modifieds. Hunter, I really appreciate it, and uh, I, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you this weekend. Yes, sir. I'll see you this weekend, my friend. All right, buddy. So... Bye -bye.
<laughs> he said bye bye. That's that's great. <laughs> so so Matt and I have a little bit of reason to talk about. But first, Matt, how was that man? I don't know if you've ever had any really in depth conversations with Hunter before, but he is he's one of the coolest guys out there, man. Yeah, I've talked to him, you know, <clears throat> a few times. Uh, the first time I met him, that was at uh, that race that you actually went to in Cherokee back in uh, yep. 2020. Um, that was the first time I really, you know, talked to him and stuff. So, you know, every every time I'm at a Blue Ridge race or I'm somewhere he is, you know, I always try to, you know, go up and speak to him. But, yeah, I mean, that, that was, you know, pretty interesting. Good conversation, Hunter. Relatively close. Yeah, we got forty-five minutes out of it. We just got a couple of uh, races to go over. But first, you were just talking about Cherokee. It's crazy to think that at that time you and I really weren't that close. I mean, we conversated here and there, but we really considered friends at the time. Yeah, we spoke at the track, and then all of a sudden, I saw you and your daddy invited me up on top of the the trailer, and your good buddy Jerry was there. Yeah, starting to get close there. It's crazy how far we've come in this world, isn't it? Oh yeah, it, it, and you want to know how you know how we actually you know really became like close friends? You What's know, that Matt, our racing. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, I remember. I remember the race. We were racing fixed pros at Lanier. Okay, I remember because I I I qualified pole, and I think Thomas Engel was outside pole, and I recognized that name. I didn't see your name because you you know you were way in the back. At but, that time, I was yeah, I just started. <laughs> so, 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 so I recognized his name, and you know I started talking to him. And then next thing I know, I hear you pop out of nowhere on uh, over the uh, over the game. And then next yeah. thing you know, I'm in a Discord server, and and uh. And we we start, and then one day we decided to start we a podcast and was going night. somewhere. We play yeah. every night. Oh my god, we need to get back to those good old days. And then soon, oh, soon yeah. enough, we started a podcast, and and here we are trying to make some uh, some dirt racing history. But uh, yeah, man, it's crazy where life takes you. I mean, that just goes to show you for the listeners out there: follow your intuition and 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 make friends wherever you can, because you never know where you're going to go with those friends. Um, and that's just to to say a little bit, but uh. Speaking of some results that we need to do real quick before the show is over, uh, right now the Southern National Series is about to run their feature up at Sonoya, and and one of my boys, Banjo Duke, he's up there racing. A lot of really good competition there, though. Corey Hedgecock, Ashton Winger, um, let's see, I believe Tyler Millwood is in attendance there. Carson Ferguson, I believe Carson Ferguson might be on outside pole for this race. Yeah, Joseph Joyner up there. So a lot of good guys are on that one. We'll cover the results of that race in the next episode. But Matt, John before Henderson we get going, there. yeah, John Henderson is there. Another one of my uh, my favorite guys in the community of dirt racing. But uh, Matt, uh, the big thing that I want to talk about also revolves around the Schaefer's Old Southern National Series. Uh, about yeah. four nights ago now, I believe it was it was either Monday or Tuesday. Um, see, yeah, that was Tuesday. They were at. Um, what are they at? I-70 in Tennessee? Is it, is it I-70? I-75, I think. I-75, yeah. They were up at I-75, and Corey Hedgecock, Mac McCarter, and Ashton Winger were all battling tooth and nail for the lead. A heck of a show. I, d- dude, a heck of a show. I Screw the PG rating, a hell of a show, if you want to say that. It was spectacular. But there was an incident. Leading up to it, Winger had tried his nose, Four or five laps in a row, and to his Passing credit, clean. 
To, hold on, hold on. To his credit, while uh, Winger was trying the outside, McCarty obviously had no idea he was up there. So he was just running his line. A little contact was made, and Winger ended up off the track a couple times and was able to get back up on the track. But the one that rattled my nerves and yours, Matt, was as Ashton Winger threw a slide job. It was clean. It worked. He got the lead. And then back into one and two, McCarter threw it in there, shoved Winger off the track, and up and over, bell rolling five or six times, uh, did Ashton Winger. And I, I made a comment on Facebook that I'd, although I had shared my opinion on the podcast multiple times about people wanting to fight after they get junked or whatnot, that I was in solace with Ashton Winger on that scenario because I would have I would have done the exact same thing. And I believe, Matt, you kind of shared that yeah. assessment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that was just, that was uncalled for. Yeah. I mean, you, you run in the was. bottom like that. You run in the bottom like he was. You know Ashton Winger was going to have a, a very, uh, a lot more momentum than you coming off the corners. First off, second off, you you weren't even you know that close. You weren't you, you weren't close enough to throw a slider. Absolutely I mean, you not. Can, you can easily look up to your right as you're going through the corner and see he's there, unless you know your headrest is blocking your view. I mean, but you know, I I don't know. It I I think. I don't know. I really it's, don't. It's, I don't it's, know a, it's a tough one to call there, but I mean, and, and luckily for him, I believe Ashton Winger, they got the car repaired. He's back racing tonight, but yeah, there were some fish to cuffs thrown. I thought it was hilarious, dude. I was sitting there watching. Um, you see the one guy in the brown shirt? Yeah, the dude that got clocked. Stiff, he ate that. Stiff. <laughs> up, okay. Yeah, he ate it, dude. He ate oh my it. gosh. You guys can go back and find this uh, this video. I believe it's in the... I believe uh, oh, Bobby Hunt posted it Cox. On TikTok. Yeah, or uh, Ashton Winger on TikTok. He did post it there, too. Um, but, yeah, that was an absolutely crazy scenario. Of course, Corey Hedgecock went on to win that race at I-75 on, uh, on Tuesday, I believe it was. Um, but this past weekend, we had a little bit of super late model racing, of course. Wait, wait, wait. Before we move on. Um, What's that? I didn't watch the race. I only seen the highlights. Mm-hmm. But... What 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 did they do to McCarter? Did he get sent? He got to sent back? to the tail. Yeah, he got sent to the tail. Okay. Yeah, it. he got sent to the tail. He ended up with like a 14th place finish. But um, yeah. But Corey Hedgecock has now won two Southern National Series races so far. Um, they started at Whiff and Beckley, and uh, I believe Hedgecock won Whiff, and then I'm not. Sh- and then Dale McDowell won Beckley, um, to follow that up. So that was those two super late model races. Now, the Carolina Class Super Late Model Series, they also raced this past weekend over at Fayetteville. Um, and I believe, Matt, it was Dustin Mitchell. He set fast time. Banjo was second quick. And then when the green flag dropped, Dustin Mitchell kept that up. Banjo did not. Uh, loosen the car way too much, fell back to about ninth. He pulled it off. But your winner of that race was, of course, Dustin Mitchell. And they had a lot of other, um, a lot of other action as well. At Carolina, at uh, Fayetteville, excuse me. And the street stock race was pretty cool because another one of, of my buddies, uh, Robbie Mooneyham, he went up there uh, in only his third career start at all in, a, in a, a race car. Finished third, I believe he started eighth, finished third out of, I think, 10 or 12 cars that finished. So I was really excited for Robbie. 
Um, yeah, that's a good room. Tree stock, whereas I believe Hank Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, I got to go back and look at it real quick. But I believe I believe it was Hank Taylor at uh, at Fayetteville. Let me check just real quick before I, I, I mess up and tell you guys the wrong thing. Uh, street stock feature event. Let's see here. Yes, Hank Taylor, uh, Rick Razzlard, Robbie Mooneyham round out the top three there. Um, 602 Modifieds. They had a, a good showing of Modifieds with uh, Eric Bentley getting the win over Donovan Action Jackson and Matt Cox. Um, let's see. What else did we have? Carolina Outlaw Super Streets. Chris Powers with the win in that one. They also ran a, le- a couple of Legends divisions as well. That we're running out of time here. One more uh, race review on the weekend, and of course, it is the race that both you and I attended over at the toughest little road track in the South, Sumter Speedway. Uh, we had the visiting Sharp Mini Late Model Series, and first and foremost, absolutely wonderful people to co promote an event with. I just got terrified. My girlfriend just walked in the room, and I did not see her until she was illuminated in the glow of my monitor, and that scared the absolute mess out of me, but my heart rate is settling again as the feature starts for the Southern National Series at Sonoya right now. David's already full wide, and I'm a, it's about to beat out of my chest, Matt. So you got to take this over. Talk us a little bit through your um, your Saturday night, because it was an interesting one, to say the least. Yeah, so um, it, it all, honestly, it all started early in the morning. We had a, a, a Dixie Youth, uh, state tournament to help work at in Dillon, and um, we didn't we didn't get back home till three o'clock. Uh, we loaded up in about thirty minutes, and you know, hightailed it. We um we get there late, obviously last to to sign in. Um, and how I don't know how many people don't know it. Uh, actually, Justin Mintz didn't even notice. Uh, but y'all order the late models in qualifying with how you register. So if you're first to register, you're last to qualify, last to register, first to qualify. That's right. And I, I feel like I've gotten bit by that, you know, a few times, but you know, it is what it is. I need to get there early, but so obviously I'm out there first for hot lap qualifying, you know, the car unloaded it, you know, pretty good. It was a little snug getting in, had to use a little bit of brake to get the car to turn, but you know, Ran a okay time, um, you know. Obviously, held quick time till last group, and I, I knew I wouldn't be holding quick time once uh, Justin and James come out. out. Yeah. yeah. Um. So James got me on the last lap, so that put me in third. Um. Uh, you know, so we we get it, get get the car in, loosen it up a little bit. And uh, <clears throat> then we go to the feature and go in in into turn one on uh, on the green flag. And uh, <laughs> me and James go in the corner side by side, and I, I was trying I was trying to s- slow the car down, and we l- loosen it up a lot more than I thought it would have. And I, I had a lot of rear brake in it. So when I, I tapped the brakes to slow it down, it, the car just flung sideways and I did a terrible job of straightening it out and lost the spot. But 
you know, on, on, we later had a caution where he, uh, chose the inside to start behind James. Well, I jump up on the outside, you know, as pretty much everybody knows I'm gonna do if I can gain a spot off of it. But, um, I jump up on the outside. I have a, a, a great jump on the restart and I was a little bit ahead of James. And then we go into turn one and I absolutely miss the grip and I just I slide up, but I fall in behind him. Uh, and then after that, it's, it's just, we pretty much all just spread out. Um, you're starting to catch lap traffic there at lap, uh, I want to say what lap 17, 18, yeah. somewhere, yeah, around, somewhere there. around there. Yeah. But, um, you know, obviously not enough laps for me to catch up with James or Justin. So may, maybe if we had about another 10 laps, it, you know, I might have, might have could have got, you know, got close. But I just, I don't know what was wrong with me. Uh, <laughs> that was completely driver, you know, that because I kept, I kept missing the corners and yep. the car wasn't tight. But I would go into turn one too low, and then there was this little mud patch right there. If you hit it, it just shoots you up the track. Um, you know, I don't know. I just bad driving. But I mean, you know, even with that, got you know finished finished third. So not not a terrible night. No, not at all. I mean, you, you were first seeing some of the better guys. And and He's and also the. That was the first time I, I've ever been called to the scales after a race. So you were ecstatic. I, I was like, okay, this is different because I finished podiums plenty of times at Sumter. But the thing is, y'all used to way before the race. Yeah. So I never had the experience of going to the scales after the race and, until this past weekend, which, you know, I, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but I, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, that, dude, that is pretty cool. And, and of course, Justin Mintz goes to victory lane. James finishes second, Matt third in that one. So that that had to that had to be a little bit of confidence booster uh, oh, yeah. going into this weekend because you've got a series race coming up, right? Yep. Um, I I was planning on racing in that uh non winners race tomorrow, but like I told you earlier, it's, yeah, I don't see it, it'd be benefit. you know fine. It went. It would hurt me for Saturday night because I wouldn't have the money for tires. Because I mean, yeah, it's I don't, only three hundred dollars to win, and I don't think they're they're even paying second. So I mean, I wouldn't have tires for Saturday. So yeah, I, dude, I, I don't blame me at there. all. But yeah, it's a good yeah. look for uh, good look for Saturday. But a couple of the races to talk about before before and, we uh, end the show here. Also, Hopefully, my first uh, top ten with the series. Last yeah, time I was nice. at Cherokee, I finished eleventh, so maybe, maybe. I yeah, that, yeah, that that would be extremely nice, dude. All the races at Sumter this past weekend. Uh, Terry Caples Jr. goes to Victory Lane in Street Stocks. Mikey Corsi finished second. Dalton Corsi rounds out the top three there. Uh, modified fours went up next. Aaron Wee goes back to Victory Lane in the B eighteen. Joe Bowen second. Jack Jordan third. Uh, Chardonnay late model feature event. Twenty cars sign in. And Ryan Brown goes to Victor Lane in the double zero. Jody Sparks second. Mike Wolf rounds out the top three. Uh, Thunderbolt. Dude, I actually got to work on one Saturday sure. night. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, there there was a, um they were lining up for qualifying, and uh, 
one the guy that was sitting in front of where I was parked uh asked me if I could uh check his left front uh make sure it was tight. So I checked the lug nuts. I, I didn't know what I was doing really, but he, he walked me through it and uh I got I got him right. So I thought that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool, dude. Um Yeah, these mini late models one of my favorite things to call. That race was absolutely wild. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, go back on the Shotman Elite Model uh, series page. You can watch it there. But yeah, phenomenal race. Congratulations to uh, to Ryan Brown or another win at Sumter, another win on the season. A couple of other races from the night. Thunder Bombers uh, saw a Lakeview traveler, Tom Lovett, go to Victory Lane. And, and now, Matt, there's some controversy following that one on whether or not uh, those that rule set of cars will be allowed to race with our Thunder Bombers anymore. So, um yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen yeah. there, but Tom Lovett put a spanking on him. I I don't know. I'm I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to talk, you know, bad or anything. You know, they they got what they got and, you know, people love it, people hate it, whatever. Uh, you know, it doesn't affect me either way. But um I've always thought that their quote-unquote stock V8 cars Mm-hmm. or stock V8s. Um, so, I mean, I personally feel like they're a little loose with the rules. Mm-hmm. I think they might need to tighten them up more. Um, so, yeah, probably he he had an advantage. But don't get me wrong, Tom Lovett is still, you know, he, he wins in the stock V8 at, at Lakeview. So, I mean, you know, that's that's not saying that necessarily one field of cars is tougher than the others i don't know all the details i'm just from what i see you know tom, tom is great dude and he put on a heck of a show tj white finished a second chucky nicholson rounds out the podium there of course justin wins the late model feature matt finishes third uh Ryan touchberry wins the econo four feature uh Black you, Sparkly you second skip over james like that no, I'm not going to skip over James again. James finishes second. There you go, Matt. Uh, Super Street main event, Tony Truett finishes first. Mikey Corsi second. Matthew Hodge third. Uh, extreme full main event, Michael Crouch goes to victory lane over Will Keller and Wesley Keller. And Matt, we have run out of time for the episode. Uh, way over time, in fact, on the episode. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can catch me this weekend at Summer Speedway along with Hunter Weaver. He, he heard earlier in the episode, you can catch Matt. Up at uh, Cherokee Speedway with the Mini 604 late models. But for my colleague, Mr. Matt Bridgen, I'm going to Williams, and this has been episode P14 of the Talking Dirt podcast. <laughs> we thank you all for listening, and we'll catch you again next week as we review another great week of racing in the Carolinas. See you guys. <laughs>